Welcome to the Gather Houston podcast. We are a Christian community practicing the way of Jesus in all parts of life and for the good of all people. Thank you for joining us today. So I want to start with a question. We're not in person, so you can't uh, yell this back at me, but we're going to start with a question today. Uh, When I say the word holy or holiness, what comes to mind for you? Some of it, it just might be anxiety for you. You may be feeling nervous. Uh, But when I say uh, uh, holy or holiness, what what comes to mind? Uh, Maybe some idea of of purity or morality or Christian ethics. Today, we're going to talk about Christian holiness. And I know it's exciting. Uh, But we're in Ephesians chapter 5. And uh, we've been walking through Ephesians chapter uh, by chapter, and there's a lot of beauty here and a lot of great content. And uh, uh, many folks like the book of Ephesians, but to be honest, most people like Ephesians 1 through 4, and they get to chapter 5, and they kind of stop reading, because uh, as we'll see today, chapter 5 has a lot of don'ts in it. Don't do this, and don't do that, and don't do this, and don't do that. And I think most of us get to those sections in the scripture and we think, yeah, I've heard that before. I'm going to press pause. But I really believe that Paul is giving us a model for Christian holiness. And and holiness is a biblical word uh, that sometimes means sacred or set apart. It's a way of intentionally identifying as different than the dominant culture. So in the Old Testament, it comes up a lot. God says, be holy. And he's telling his people, the Israelites, to be different than the other nation tribes around them. And so as we read today, kind of a long passage from Ephesians 5 with lots of don'ts in it, don't do this, don't do that. Here's what I want you to know about holiness, okay? Holiness is not a pursuit of moral superiority. Holiness is not about delineating between good Christian people and all the other bad people. Holiness is rooted in the desire to create safe and healthy community. Holiness is rooted in the desire to create safe and healthy community. So we're going to read a couple long passages, so just stick with me. This is Ephesians 5. We're going to read 3 through 7 and then 15 through 20. So this is what Paul says to the church in Ephesus in Ephesians 5. But among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. And let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. It's kind of scary, right? No inheritance. God's wrath for the disobedient. Verse 15, be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this is one of those passages, Ephesians chapter 5. We didn't read all the way to the part where it talks about wives submitting to husbands and uh, just... Just in case you were wondering if I was going to talk about that today, I'm really not. 
Uh, but to be clear, wives, I don't think you need to submit to your husbands any more than your husbands need to submit to you. But that's another sermon for another day. But this passage, all of Ephesians 5, is one of those biblical passages that Christians have used to create a Christian moral framework. And so I think it's important that we spend some time on it because um, people talk about this kind of stuff as defining what it means to be a Christian. So let's look at what Paul points at, out at not to do. So don't do these things. He says, no hint of sexual immorality, no impurity, no greed, no obscenity, no foolish talk, and don't get drunk because it leads to debauchery. Okay, so uh, just to, to be clear, I have no issue today telling you not to do this stuff. Okay, I don't think this is healthy behavior. I'm in full agreement with the Apostle Paul that, the, that this list that he says, don't do any of this stuff, I'm in full agreement. I think this behavior is really, really unhealthy. And I think most people wouldn't argue with me that greed isn't a good behavior. No, none of you are reading this going like, well, I think greed's really great for my life. Debauchery is one of my favorite weekly rhythms. Like it's just, no one is arguing that those things are good or helpful or healthy behavior. The question isn't, is this stuff we should seek to avoid? Everyone's in on that, I think, I think, I think. The question I think for us is, uh, why is this bad? Why is this unhealthy behavior? Is this unhealthy behavior, is this stuff we should avoid because God created an arbitrary list of do's and don'ts? And if we follow the list, then God will like us more? No. No. This is not an arbitrary list created by God so he could find, who the good find out who the good people are. This list is about how we treat the people around us. None of these behaviors are done in a vacuum. Right? They affect someone else. That's the whole point, that this holiness is given to us for safe and healthy Community. This isn't about moral superiority, about creating who's good and who's bad. These things that Paul says don't do them, he says don't do them because they were hurting people in the church in Ephesus. Right? This list of things you shouldn't do created unsafe community. Right? This isn't an arbitrary list because these things affect somebody. They were hurting somebody. Sexual immorality creates unsafe community. Greed creates unsafe community. Debauchery creates unsafe community. Obscenity, abusive language creates unsafe community. This isn't an arbitrary list of things you shouldn't do just because God says so. What Paul is saying here is seek safe and healthy community and avoid the behaviors that create an unsafe environment. Right? This is about community safety, not creating a moral framework. And Paul is really, like he does in a lot of his writing, he's really just piggybacking on Jesus' holiness framework. So Jesus says in John chapter 13, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Right? Jesus says everyone will know you are holy, you are different than other people. Everyone will know that you're a follower of mine if you care for one another if you create a safe and healthy community. And Paul is saying the same thing. If you want holiness, then create a safe community. This is not an arbitrary list of do's and don'ts. This is about community safety. 
Now, I'm sure uh, that most of you know this because I talk about this a lot, but last year, Katie and I sold our house and we moved into an apartment. And more importantly, we moved into an apartment on top of an HEB and it is like 10 out of 10. I love it, but that's not the point of me talking about this at all. But we love living in our uh, apartment and um, in our apartment, there is uh, there are like signs everywhere uh, that have long lists of rules. So there's uh, big plaques up in the hallways and the common areas and the outdoor areas and by the pool and in the little courtyard and in the trash areas. Everywhere you turn in our apartment, there is a framed set of rules for every specific area. And the rules say things like, uh, please be considerate of others with your, uh, with your uh, music volume level, or do not throw people or items over the railing, which I really appreciate, or keep objects out of the flames, which I'm like, where are the flames? But yes, agreed, do not set anything on fire, or person with cuts should not be allowed in the pool. Like again, 10 out of 10, highly agree. Do not put boxes in the trash chute. Like, yeah, but everywhere you turn, there's like dozens of rules everywhere in our uh, apartment. Now, are these rules that our property manager, Veronica, just arbitrarily came up with so that she would know who the good residents are and the bad residents are? No. Are they rules that so that the people who live at the apartment can create uh, superiority and a hierarchy of who the good people are and who the bad people are? No, no, it is really not that complicated. The rules are up so that, that our apartment can ensure that it's a good place to live for everyone. That's the entire point of all of them. Here are some rules so that we make sure everyone has a good experience living here. They want it to be a good place to live for everyone. And it's the same thing that Paul is doing, right? They're not arbitrary rules. Paul is giving guidelines for this church to help them create safe and healthy community. He wants to make sure it's a good community to live in. Here's another way to think about it. There's this tiny phrase in the middle of verse 7 where Paul gives us uh, just some different language. He says uh, in verse 7, do not be partners with them. So for the people who are doing these things, do not be partners with them. When Paul does that in verse 7, he's creating a boundary. He's creating a boundary. He's saying if there's someone infringing on the safety of your community, then you need to set a boundary. It's a good way to think about this whole list of don'ts from Paul, right? So all of these things are boundaries. If someone is participating in sexual immorality, you may not be able to partner with them any longer. They may be making it an unsafe community. If there's someone who is so greedy that it affects everyone else, you may not be able to partner with them any longer. Right? It's not a moral framework. It's a relational boundary to maintain a safe place. And maybe you just need to hear me say today, boundaries are holy work. Healthy boundaries will set you apart in this world. Maybe just that framework is helpful for you, that all these don'ts are boundaries for Paul and for creating, creating a safe community. Well, one of my favorite Christian thinkers is a woman named Nadia Bowles Weber. She's a, a pastor and author and speaker and all the things uh, you do these days. But uh, she says this about how church should be set up. Uh, I'm not going to say it. I'm just going to let you read it here on the screen just in case you have any little ones around you. Yeah, I think that's a good, simple summary of Ephesians 5. 
Of course all are welcome. Ephesians 1 starts with inclusion. All things are unified in Christ. And Paul's really clear. It's everything and everybody. And then we get all the way to chapter 5 and he says, of course all are welcome. But if you infringe on the safety of the community, if you're drinking so often and so much that it infringes on the safety of others, we may not be able to partner with you any longer. If your sexual immorality is abusive, it is hurting the people in this community, we may not be able to partner with you any longer. If your abusive language, your foolish talk and obscenity is causing an unsafe environment, we may not be able to partner with you any longer. It's what Paul is saying here. All are welcome, but you can't be a jerk. There is a healthy boundary, right? Ephesians 5 shows us that Paul is valuing healthy and safe community, right? It's not about being good or being bad. This holiness is a framework for a safe and healthy community. And so for you, what does it take for you to feel uh, safe in religious spaces? I know maybe you don't feel safe typically in religious spaces. And I think it's important to, to see this as a reminder from Paul to seek out safe religious spaces. He's saying, we're, we're working on this. We really want this. We want you to participate in safe community. And so for you, what are those requirements for a safe community? And I think as you're seeking out a safe community to be in, maybe it would be helpful to write down, what, is it, what, is, uh, what does it require? Uh, what is required for me to feel safe? Well, what does healthy community look like for me? And for you, what do you think should be on our list or on your list or my list to work on as we seek to create a safe community? Because uh, the boundaries that Paul gives in Ephesians 5, these lists of don'ts, it's not an exhaustive list. Like He's not saying these are, uh, this is the entire list of all the things you shouldn't do. These are all the things that infringe on, safe, on safety in a community. So just don't do these. He's not doing that. What Paul is doing is he's responding to what he's heard about what's happening in the church in Ephesus. So somebody told him, hey, there's people being crazy greedy. It's hurting some folks. Sexual immorality is hurting the community. Obscenity, foolish talk, drinking, it's hurting. The drunkenness is hurting the community. And so what Paul says is, well, I'm going to respond to those things. He's not giving an exhaustive list. And so I think for us, those boundaries that create a safe community may look different for us now than they did for the church in Ephesus in AD 62-ish. Maybe our list of things that we say, if you cross this line, it, it, we maybe can't partner with you anymore. I wonder what's on that list for you. I think we probably need to add some things, to be honest. We say all are welcome, but you, you can't cross these boundaries. Maybe racial discrimination should be a little more clearly on our list of boundaries. We say all are welcome, but... If you seek to quietly push people of color to the margins of our community, we just can't partner with you. Maybe we say, you know, homophobia in any form, discrimination against the LGBTQ plus community, it's just a boundary for us. That we say all are welcome, but if you cross that boundary, if you say all are welcome, but you don't really mean it, we may not be able to be a partner with you. We just, we, maybe, maybe we won't partner. I wonder what your boundaries are for safe 
community and maybe what needs to be added or taken away from your list. If you're really trying to create a safe community, what would be on your list to work on? What needs to be added or taken away? Paul's framework here in Ephesians chapter 5 is about creating healthy and safe community. Not a moral framework about good people and bad people. Create safe community. Embrace safe community. Uh, for the last couple of weeks, uh, we've been meeting here uh, for our uh, summer workshop with a local counselor named Audrey Omenson. It's been great. And uh, the, the content is all about deconstruction and religious harm. And uh, it's been really uh, beautiful and uh, also uh, kind of painful, to be honest. Uh, but we're hosting this workshop on religious harm and deconstruction for a lot of reasons. But one of the reasons is that I believe wholeheartedly, like with everything in me, that we, our community gather, has a sacred calling to be a place of restoration and healing for those who have been harmed. I, I believe it with everything in me. And often our Western American theology uh, practices and focuses on forgiving sinners at the expense of healing those who have been wounded by that sin. What I mean is we love to cheer on forgiveness stories, redemption stories. The people who have done a bad thing and then they come and ask God forgiveness, we love to cheer that on and I think there's goodness in that and I think God does offer them uh, forgiveness. But the clear call of Jesus is to provide restoration and healing for the wounded. The Jesus of the gospel stands with the sinned against, the wounded, the marginalized, and the oppressed. And I just believe that our community has a clear calling to stand with those who have been wounded and hurt and broken down, to stand with the sinned against, and to topple the systems of oppression that hurt them to start with. So do we want forgiveness and redemption for those who cause harm? Yes. Of course we do, and I think God offers it. But we don't want it at the expense of those who have been victimized. And Paul's call for the church to be holy in Ephesians chapter 5 centers the victims of this pain, of these things. Paul, Paul is calling for holiness on behalf of those who have been hurt by sexual immorality. Paul is calling for holiness on behalf of those who have been hurt by greed and abusive language and debauchery. He's calling for holiness so that a safe and healthy community can be be created. Our holiness, your boundaries, should be for the sake of safety and health. All are welcome, but don't be a jerk. I did my best to not curse. Don't be a jerk. And so gather, this is my prayer for you today. Pursue holiness, not because it makes you a good person, but because healthy boundaries create healthy people who create healthy communities. And today, join with Christ Jesus in pursuing safe and healthy community. Surrender to the divine calling of healing and restoration. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in Gather, check out our website at gatherhouston.org or visit us on Sunday at 10 a.m.